everyone, and welcome to Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Emily. It's me, Josh. And this is our first episode, so congratulations, we made it to recording. Which we've just been prepping for a couple months, looking for used books, going to library sales, talking about it. Creating an Instagram. Taking pictures with white fuzzy rugs. Lots of fuzzy rugs. Gotta have them. But uh, here, we made it, guys. We made it to an actual recording. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pretty proud of us that we came this far. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers to... Us. And everyone slam their yeah, uh, slam your drink yeah. really, slam hard, your drink on the really hard on the table because uh, Blake has told us our producer Blake not to slam our drinks Cutting really all hard. That out. All that gets cut. <laughs> Don't slam your drinks hard. Okay. All right. So here we are. Um, I guess we can just do a quick. Uh, so what 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 are we? What are we doing? Just what, you have what, is the, what is the yeah. Uh, what is the point of the podcast? What what do we talk about? Well, as you pointed out earlier, we are millennials. Um, From the far are. end to the low end. That's right. I'm the baby. Change. And we don't have a podcast yet. So we got together and we're like, why not now? Why I, not us? I think I think <laughs> we're going to make it. A future administration is going to make it uh, uh, legally binding that you have to have a podcast if you're under a certain age. If you're a millennial or younger, you have to have a podcast or uh, one will be assigned to you by the government. And we don't want to uh, be on Car Talk 2.0. Like, I cannot have that assigned to me. I I will never learn what a belt plug is. (laughs) And uh, that's not a thing. uh, 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 Well, you can be on Car Talk 2.0. And, yeah, so we decided to do one about something we're interested in. Which which is, is, you know, vintage teen novels from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and maybe occasionally today. So, You can't see a little wink that I think Jessica was just giving. (laughs) Maybe. Don't forget the odds. And the odds. We'll get an odd or two in there. Yeah, yeah. A couple odds. That's included in today, right? They're not, like, classics yet. Right? Speak uh-huh. Speak is a classic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't read Speak. You will. Okay. Yeah, we'll force you. All right. <laughs> Once we get into the odds. Okay. Yeah, meandering. But recently I will say that Emily and I had a best friend read, which was Paperback Crush by Gabby Moss. I call her Gabby because she's follows our podcast on uh, Instagram. <laughs> so I feel like we're best friends at this point. And um, when we were reading it, it completely validated... My existence as, I don't know, eight years to 15 years old when I was reading nothing but Anna Martin, Goosebumps, Fear Street, um, just all those vintage YA books. I was never a Sweet Valley girl. You were, though, right, Emily? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, And I felt it really validated all the time I spent reading those books. (laughs) And um, there's just so many things I thought that would be fun to talk about. And why not talk about them with our white, straight male friend who's never read any of these? Unfamiliar with all of these. Uh, I took a uh, a young adult and child's lit class in college, and I read one Anna Martin book called The Center of the Universe, which had nothing to do with uh, Babysitter's Club. It was her, like, breakaway to be big or, like, mm-hmm. award fame. And... Yeah, I'm very fascinated by it to learn about horse girls, uh, babysitters, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, ghost girls, maybe. Sure. Uh, uh, I don't know what happens in Arl Stein books or Goosebumps books. I think, I know there's a dummy involved in there yes. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe a dummy Goosebumps. girl. I wouldn't, I would, I would, I wouldn't Why mind not? it. I wouldn't mind Equal it. Equal rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have no clue, but I'm, I'm very excited to learn. <laughs> To, to listen and learn. Yeah. And here we are on this journey <laughs> mm-hmm. together. So we got together and we decided what would be the best books for our first podcast? Why not the famous books by Anonymous? By Anonymous, yeah. <laughs> by the very well-known a, uh, Guy Fox mask-wearing uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hacker group, Anonymous. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that, they, that they were uh, around... That long ago. I, I think I'm correct. I think I read these the right way. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. They were written by the hacker group. <laughs> by the hacker group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're starting with our first podcast will be about Go Ask Alice. Yeah. Which is probably, I mean, we read Jay's journal 
and I haven't read anything else by Anonymous, a.k.a. Dr. Doctor, quotation marks, Beatrice Sparks. Um, we see you, Beatrice. We know, <laughs> we know what you were doing. Um, but, uh, she has a s- several books that are by teenagers. Do you know about various social issues? You, did you? Did anyone read any of the other ones? No. There's Lucy in the Sky, which mm-hmm. is. I wonder what that's about. Just with, without having read a synopsis. Is that if, what the Natalie Portman movie is based on? J.K. I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not. J.K. Uh. I, I don't remember any other titles, but they're all probably like teen pregnancy, drugs. They're like, I'm pregnant. What do I do? Yeah. My my very real diary. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> written by a, written by an old lady. Yeah. Who's like, never had sex or children as far as we know. Yeah. Or done a drug or had fun in her life. Oh, you know what <sighs> is fun? Cashing checks. Cashing very big checks that you get from, uh, I don't know, Simon and Schuster, whoever <laughs> put these out. Yeah, I have no idea. But, you know, congrats to you. She found her her place in the canon of young adult literature, so good for her. And uh, Go Ask Alice was a huge, like, it was uh, the twilight of the era. In the Did you read very much about, like, the publication history of it and just how it was just a giant, like, best-selling thing? Well, at the time, YA wasn't, like, a thing like it is now. Right. So... Any young adult book, so. Well, it was, just, but it sold like just for any book. It was yeah. selling like millions of copies, and well, well, this got, is when people were you still have parents buying. Who were like, I'm terrified. I must read this and know what my child is doing. And it still it it endures as a very popular book. And I read it in college, as or maybe post college because I got into YA <laughs> at that point. Um, I'll give you my silly story for why I read this book when I was a teen, and I can tell you exactly why I read this book. Um. I subscribed to Spin Magazine. I got an issue that had Fiona Apple on the cover, and it was called The Girl Issue. I, I was picturing one with uh, Gavin Rosdale on the cover holding a shirt open. I, I just made um, that, that up was, in my mind. I- that was Rolling Stone. <laughs> okay. I had that issue as well. Thank you. Okay. Um, but it was, yeah, The Girl Issue, and they had a page <laughs> of, like, with a stack of books. It was, like, every books that are, like, seminal to girl culture. And this was one. And I was like, I've never heard of it. I'll read it. Sent to Barnes and Noble, paid four bucks for it, whatever, and took home and read it. And I was like, this is trash. This is like 16 year old Josh. I did not. Okay. Interesting. I just thought the writing was. 23 year old Josh was like, oh man, this must be what the real woman experience is like. I feel like I really get it now. Uh-huh. Also, you, you're, you going through that spin magazine was like, me and my brother are going through the Evil Empire, Rage Against the Machine insert, if mm-hmm. anyone remembers that, where they had, like, all the books in the back. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, lies that they tell us. <laughs> lies? Our, lies that they tell us. Uh, Was it Lies My History Team? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that's that what like you're thinking No, of lies they tell us. Government not telling truth. You know, all yeah. the real things that were, were in there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, same thing. This is actually the first time that I read Go Ask Alice. When I was in middle school, Ellen Hopkins was already writing. Um, the book Cut was out. And so those were the books that I read. I just kind of bypassed Go Ask Alice, I guess, since it came out in the 70s. And I was like, meh, these are more relevant now. And reading, this is my hot take, reading this book, and as we'll talk about later, today's journal, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily what Beatrice Sparks is doing is very much different than what Ellen Hopkins is doing. I think She paved the way. I think I think they're e- equally didactic and they're telling kids that these are bad things to do. But I think Ellen Hopkins is being upfront and is saying it as a real person. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, you this... know it isn't isn't pretending like this is this is a real thing that happened to someone is mm-hmm. saying this is fiction and then going out as an author and talking about it, which I think is fine. But I don't know, there's something weird about what Beatrice Sparks was doing and uh playing it off as a real thing. Well, Ellen Hopkins had some of these things happen to people very close to her. So I think she kind of had more of a real voice on it. She saw it up close and personal. She ended up raising her granddaughter because the mother was kind of wrapped up in drugs and things like that and wasn't able to for a while. So I think that she kind of had more authority on the subject than anonymous. Than old Beatrice. Oh, <laughs> poor Beatrice. I picture Beatrice. I was, Beatrice is Mormon. Um, I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, I was raised Mormon, and I picture her 
as being, number one, eternally old. Just like one of the eternally old sisters, because that's what you call... I don't... Do other religions do this where it's like brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> People always call my father like Brother Annette, even okay. though he's reverend. So oh. just call him reverend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's like an actual title for him. Okay. Or doctor now, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So I just imagine her being like Sister Sparks. And I th- think that she was thinking, I will save our youth through these books. And I think it's probably a noble intention. Probably so. I think like, so. I, I yeah. don't. I don't have a problem with her intention. I just no. have a problem with her hiding behind the anonymity and pretending like it's real where she was up to something. Yeah. No, I agree. Just put your freaking name on it. And also, I will say, I think we're going to do a lot of goofs on these children <laughs> and, and their, uh, their diaries and or journals. Mm-hmm. And we're not making fun of them. <laughs> We're making fun of Beatrice. Basically, yes. We're not making fun of... But uh, also making fun of teens. The narrators are... (laughs) Teens in general. Because, yeah, teens... Or uh, old ladies speaking in teen voices. Because, I mean, what teens are doing all the time is silly. What I was doing was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know how much we're getting into about, like, the actual book or the, the events that happened. Basically... The narrator of Go Ask Alice comes from a very privileged family. Um, Her father gets transferred to a different university to teach. She gets hooked on drugs. And nailed the description very quickly. (laughs) You're welcome. Her first experience is, um, as we know, someone slipped. It was a game, right? It was a a game. And she happened to be one of the... Yes. She started tripping on Coke. Yes. I believe that's what they say in the book. I may have not been close reading. Well, I think she was drinking a Coca-Cola laced with LSD. Oh, yeah, there was like a okay. tray of multiple. See, in my head, when I hear no. the word Coke in any capacity, oh, I just think like, okay, no. what, what well, are we There was a tray guys? of multiple sodas, sodas. and okay. everyone took one. I need people to say Coca-Cola. happened to be laced. Yes, some were laced and some weren't, and that's the, the point. Sitter. Yeah, the yeah, point yeah, of the yeah. game was some were laced and some weren't, and you don't know who it was. It's like Russian roulette of LSD lace cokes. No joke. Did she know she was playing? Yes. Because she was worried that she would have to be, she was hoping it wouldn't be her at that point. Okay, I think I read that wrong because I was thinking that she did not know that some of them were laced because she was so naive. She didn't know what was going on. I'm wrong. Maybe it's the second time that she. I honestly can't remember because Jay's journal blocked everything that was out of my head. Um, Anyway, so yeah, the LSD drinking game. Um, but I do want to talk about how there are parts in this book when she is trying to, um, she talks about pushing drugs on children or just giving drugs to children for fun. Okay. So you're diving in. That's, that's close to right before she like leaves. Right before, before her first run away. Yes. Her first run away was to San Francisco. So I have a few things to say before we get to that. No, actually that's where my notes start. (laughs) Other than she, uh, uh. She's really into a guy named Roger. She, she had a lot of crush on a lot of a lot of boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This all seems to happen so fast, crush. but I guess that's just how it is when you're when you're a teen. Mm-hmm. But she she starts dealing to kids, right? Tries to. I guess you have to start them young so you can get them hooked. And but my thing is like I feel like this book perpetuates a lot of what I call mom myths, where. Like, when I was a kid, I remember my mom telling me, don't take stickers from strangers. I was told that, too. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the lickable once ones. Once you lick the back. Yeah, the ones you have to lick the back, because those are probably laced with drugs, and you're going to get addicted and die. Like, to, like, well, to like a kindergartner. And the you know? people telling us that completely believed that it could happen. They were just looking out for us. But mm-hmm. somehow these myths started somewhere, or... You know, it was true at one point somewhere, and then it just like it happened one time. Everyone since then, like a kid, probably got into their parents' stash or something. Because I mean, that's kind of how LSD was transported was like innocuous looking things. And she, even in the book, she's uh, Richie, later known as Richie Bitchy, uh, once she she finds him having sex with his uh, male roommate Mm -hmm. and turns against him. He gets her to start selling weed at school, and she says, why can't we just start selling LSD instead? Because it's easier to transport. We can just put it on a lifesaver or a stamp or something. Sprite bottle. Yeah. Like, I mean, smart girl. (laughs) She's not. 
Not dumb. No, not dumb yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's where a lot of these myths started that parents hold on to. Where it's like, do not lick that stamp. Don't do it. You're going to trip and die. I mean, and this comes back to something we talked about before is uh, you are. Why waste all these drugs? I wrote that down like 50 times in my notes. Like just all caps, wasting so many drugs. <laughs> wasting drugs, wasting money, wasting time. That's. I, I, well, I, these came out in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. It's completely possible that our generation of parents saw this in the news when it was selling. Read them. Millions even. of copies. Maybe read them. I think was Alice 69 and Jay late 70s? Jay was late 70s. Uh, this one says 71. 71. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do you think that there were just way more drugs that people could just uh, use very easily? Just be like, hey, let's just give them to this kid for uh, some kicks. Different time. <laughs> uh, probably also not as strong, right? I mean, we all have heard, I don't know for a fact, <laughs> that weed is stronger now than it was whenever my mom was a teen. That's that's what people like to claim. I don't know, though. There's no way to, com- well, let's get a time machine. So... I mean, there's a lot that happens. She gets sex trafficked, basically. Um, there's a lot of scenes where she swears to get off drugs and goes back home. And her parents are the most, by the way, so understanding, angelic, that, that's, so loving. That's the whole thing, though, is that she just keeps trying to get off. And uh, I mean, just any cycle of addiction is just like someone like I think I think that's one thing that the book does kind of well is she will go through these phases where. She uh, is like, oh, oh, my dearest diary. (laughs) I want to get clean. I love you so much. I'm going to be better. I love Papa. I love my mom. Like, oh, God is the sweetest to me. And she'll do that. And then two months later, she'll say, and my favorite line in the entire book. Another day, another blowjob? No. Oh. Very close. I love Coos Bay and I love acid. (laughs) (laughs) And... Sorry. That is followed by, and this is this is on one of her worst like trips. I thought there was something about the pigs, maybe not. There's a lot about pigs about, and like, the establishment. The establishment. Okay, which I always giggled every time I read her write the establishment. Okay, here's what I wrote down about lines I know that Beatrice Sparks wrote. Okay, if we're believing that this is mostly a real diary fleshed out by mm-hmm. an author, September sixth. I can't please the establishment. (laughs) And then at one point earlier, again, bringing us back to our title, she's talking about Alice in Wonderland. And she's like, man, it feels like this is not a quote, man. It's like the author of this book must have been on this same stuff. Right. (laughs) Or just like wink, wink, like that is absolutely something that Beatrice Sparks put in there being like, do you get it? Because he was. Okay. I also want to say that no one would ever describe sex this way. And also, Beatrice Sparks has never had sex. And here is proof. What 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 way is she describing sex? She also has never had sex on not under the influence in this entire book. Or oh, no. Dialogue. That's why she considers herself a virgin. Right? Because she's never had sex. She doesn't consider herself a virgin. She considers herself unclean. Mm-hmm. I guess in a way, but she also considers herself a virgin because she's never had sex when she's been sober. Right. But um, I do want to say that Beatrice Sparks herself has never had sex. And my proof, and I wrote this quote <laughs> down, was she's talking about Richie, who we talked about earlier. And Richie she bitchy. says, yes, she says, Rich is so good, good, good to me. And sex with him is like lightning and rainbows and springtime. Has anyone ever described sex that way? Ever? Well, she also describes maybe a teenager. She also describes maybe. Uh, writ- I mean, if you're like trying to write in your diary and convince yourself that you had good sex, then you might. I might mean, mean and rainbows in springtime. She's also deeply in denial about everything she feels. Like she also describes Richie this way: "quote a friggin' homo." <laughs> Or um, she also calls him a low-class queer. Yeah. Sorry, this was written in 1971. Not my words. Not good. Not good, no. Uh, narrator. No. Um, I also like how she she does give some truths about birth control. I don't know if anyone caught this. She, no, she's freaked, she freaks out a lot about... Uh, she freaks out a lot about pregnancy and birth control. Right. But she does have a line where she says, I bet the pill, referring to birth control, is harder to get than drugs, which shows you how screwed up this world really is. Truth. You can't see, but there's like 
explosions coming out of my head right now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the first time she runs away, uh, I wrote down, this is in December, that this is when she becomes a protagonist from a Hold Steady song because she starts talking about, I need to leave this screwed up scene and says... A Hold Steady song? Yeah, well, sorry. no, absolutely. No, Hold sorry. On. I'm dating myself. Uh, oh my God, there's actual page turning right there now. There is. Man, how many December 3rds are there in this book? This diary goes a long time. Anyway... Skip it. Okay. <laughs> I can't find it. Oh, no. Okay, here it is. Last night was the worst night of my shitty, rotten, stinking, dirty, fucked up life. It just those sound very hold steady. That line? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Blake, cut that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, they go to, okay. Here's my questions about the San Francisco portion. Okay. Because it moves so fast. It all does. That's the thing is this book moves so quickly. How do they get everything. a store? I they don't... had a store with merchandise. Yes. And also, I don't know what they sold. These girls. Earrings? These girls. Oh, I remember earrings. Did Maybe not have time to get a business license. I doubt <laughs> they were paying their sales tax. <laughs> like... I pictured this more as like a hangout where local burnouts and homeless children... She... From the, the you know, the hate Ashbury scene just came to hang out. Like, okay. how did they make money? She goes, she goes to San Francisco mm-hmm. because, and this is. With the, her bestie. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, this is the craziest part of the book. They're like, oh, need to beat this drug scene. Let's go to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in like 1969, let's, let's get out of here and go to the hippie. The hippie scene. Let's go to the most tuned in, we gotta turned get clean. on scene in the United States. We're going to San Francisco. <laughs> so they go there. She, they can't find a job at first because they're, what, 15? They're, yeah, they're young. And then she finds a job at a lingerie store. And then she quits that, finds a job at a jewelry store with like mm-hmm. a father figure for like a month. Mm-hmm. Quits that and starts her own store. With her bestie. With her bestie. And this is only after... They've been... This is all before the Christmas arc where they come home and find redemption from their prodigal parents. But you're missing before that, whenever the boutique owner that they thought was so cool invited them to parties, which she drugged them and, I guess, sadistically raped them? That's that's also in the time when they're working with the 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 father figure. Yes, yes that's during yeah, yeah. that time. One of them is working for the father figure and one of them is working for... This cool artsy lady who turns out to apparently drug them. Apparently, people just love to slip people Mickey's in this this world and rape them. I mean, that's basically what she and the boyfriend do to these two girls. Am yeah. I correct? Yeah. And they're, I got to really, they're kind of sex trafficked. I don't really know. I don't know about at that point. There is the truck driving stuff later. There is. That's where true. the friend is definitely assaulted. Yeah. And she's not, but. But I almost feel like they get them into that scene to start that they're grooming them. Right. Right. I'm, well, I feel like everyone that's interacting with these girls at every point in this book is an absolute creep. Oh, well, totally. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, uh, these are 15, 16-year-old girls at this point, like, bad guys. I, w- I want to say something. Not much has changed for young women. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, to be if, honest, if, if, like, these, if these girls were alone in a city now, yeah, nothing would nothing would be different. Mm-mm. I mean, none of this is true, but nothing would be different. They'd still be prey, like for predatory, creepy yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, fun stuff. Woo! Uh, well, then she comes back at Christmas mm-hmm. and is like, "It's the most wonderful Christmas. I'm so happy to. I love my family. I love my family. It's great, and things are going well. It's another like upturn in the mm-hmm. arc of you know, like." Peaks and valleys of of drug use. And she's like, I'll never use again. And then this is one of my favorite parts. It's on uh, January 13th. There's a, a what'd she say? Like, norm. she doesn't say normie. Like, straight kid. Like, one of the normal kids. What does she call them? I don't remember. Anyway, his name is uh, George. Is it squares? No, she doesn't say. Squares would be for, like, adults. And, like, like... Like, he's a straight. Like cops. Like, yeah. I mean, this kid is essentially a cop. But uh, she says, George asked me out for Friday night. He's kind of nothing, but I guess that's the safest kind. 
<laughs> no, she's not wrong. <laughs> Which to that, I would just say, boys group chat. <laughs> she's really nice. I, I really, uh, I say prayers for every, every night. Girls chat. He's kind of nice, but he's nothing. <laughs> just heartbreaking stuff from, uh, from our narrator for poor George. Oh, Georgie. But anyway, I don't know what to say. I don't really have a lot of thoughts about this as a whole. I think my biggest hang up on it was actually more. And this is something we'll probably talk about more and more in a lot of these books that focus on on teen girls and the issues they face. But the rampant just internalized misogyny, her neuroticism with her weight, her looks, freaking out over eating an apple. Yes. I mean, just talking about how fat she is, just the self-loathing this character has for herself in general. Um which is something that's reflected maybe not to this extreme. Um, but you'll find that in a lot of teen books, which explains why my generation really has some fucked up issues. I mean, we just we just took this all in, I mean, while we were reading these as kids. But if you're reading this as a diary, it's this character feeling that because that's being reflected under her. Do you know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. So I didn't dislike that aspect of the book because I think that she's feeling that because of something else in society. I agree, but I also feel that like... this book is also fake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, it's not real, so why even... It's be- like my evangel professor that told students it's a sin to be overweight and made us do a... Uh, this is also absolutely true. Yeah. He made us do an exercise pledge or a, a healthy eating pledge. Wow. And uh, was extra mean to kids that were overweight. And was like, will you really do that? Which seems like something you can't do to freshmen. Ooh. But that was a big thing, though, I think, like in um, in Christian universities. I, I listened the to... The only a, time I ever heard that. I listened to a whole This American Life about it. So I highly recommend it. But it was talking about how that became a movement on, I want to say, what's the school that Jerry Falwell? Oh, Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been Liberty University, but they it probably took, like it probably took Evangel. <laughs> it probably took Evangel like <laughs> 20 years later <laughs> to pick up on it. So um, I have no idea where that tangent came from, Josh. But yeah, sure. Cut that out. No. Not Josh's tangent, just me asking Josh where that came from. I will. Edit this good. There's a lot of pauses while Josh is flipping through his book. I'll take all the pauses out. Thank you. Thank you. I'll probably take this out. Don't uh-huh. take this out. Blake, leave it. Leave you talking in. Uh, at one point, she says kittens are better than drugs, which I agree with. When she comes back. Okay. So she comes back post one of her many, many. The next time she runs away is to Denver, which it just happens suddenly. She gets to school, gets some amphetamines, takes the amphetamines, and then runs off to Denver. When she's in Denver, she's, as far as I know, just living on the streets. This is when she doesn't even even have a diary anymore. She doesn't. It's allegedly... On paper. Paper bags, receipts. Somehow, these have all been kept by her. She doesn't have Kotex anymore. No Kotex. She's just grabbing paper towels and using those. But she's just happy. This is when she talks about... Uh, she doesn't want to be alive anymore. This is her first, like, I just want to be dead. But this is, like, two pages after, I love Coos Bay and I love Asin. <laughs> you know? And that's, again, the, the peaks and valleys of drug use. It jumps use. around so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I will say, in her defense, every time I start my period, I want to die. So, <laughs> so yeah. She, yeah. Then she finds a priest, calls her parents, her dad's there, like, the next day, gets her, and then... She goes back to school. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the final arc of the book, right? The final arc of the book is like all her, yes, all her drug. This is when it gets nuts. Yes. All her druggy friends are tormenting her at school. Yes. Hey, right. Nancy Nice. Hey, Mary Pure. Just, just like that. Fun, just the funniest nicknames to like be like, you're 16 year olds. Yes. And you're like. They're doing things like sneaking weed in her locker for her to get caught. And they, mm-hmm. a lit roach. Is, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Again, I've written down, wasting so many drugs. So many drugs wasted. Then, what I still don't understand, and maybe one of you can explain it to me. Maybe I missed something. She has 
an incident when she's babysitting, correct? Yes. She eats some. They lace her. They lace these chocolates. Mm-hmm. Were they chocolates that she brought with her no. to eat? She thought they were from. Okay, so her grandfather died. Her grandmother died. Mm-hmm. Uh, se- separately. Yes. Her grandfather died, and then uh, her grandmother died. died following and her grandmother this. died, and so she found these chocolates in the house. And she, but she's babysitting at someone else's house, yes. correct? And she thought they were someone made them to remind her of her grandmother. But her my grandma- question is. Who got those chocolates and laced them, knowing that she would be it there was, to take them? It was what Janice and Mary, like those jerks. You know, <laughs> it are the it it are it is the girls who were tormenting her. But yes. how did they get into this house to do it? Do they leave them on the porch or something? <laughs> I have no I idea. Did, it feels like they were on the counter. You know, it's the seventies. You know, like people left their oh, front yeah, doors open. Yeah, just like oh. I guess I'll leave it I, unlocked. I, people just these walk people in and... seem to have a lot of time to spend on being very mad at a girl who did nothing to them except not use drugs with them anymore. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a giant waste of time mm-hmm. and drugs and drugs yeah. for everyone. But that makes her go in like a psychotic break, basically. They, where she locks herself in the they closet. They lace them so heavily. She goes insane. Yes. She's in a closet. Mm-hmm. She rips out chunks of her hair. Yes. Claws at her face. Is clawing at the wall so much. <laughs> Sorry, my cat pooped and it really smells and I can smell it. <laughs> Edit that out. Oscar. <laughs> Technical difficulties. My cat pooped. <laughs> no, it's so gross. Oh, you were having such a good thought. I don't even remember what I was talking about now. She locked herself in the closet, clawed her face off. This is bringing claws, back. Basically claws her face off and then claws her fingernails off while she's in the closet trying to get out of the closet. But the baby is safe. She doesn't hurt That's the baby because she locks herself in the closet. Still a responsible and rehirable babysitter. Right. I mean, <laughs> Does that ever happen in the babysitter's club? Is there ever uh, like, uh, like uh, of Peggy them. and the uh, the acid trip gone wrong? <laughs> never <laughs> happens. I, are you sure? Those are good Connecticut girls. Have you they read- would never. Okay, Connecticut. Uh, what drugs do they do? Okay. Uh, 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 Carol in the Coke uh, binge. No. <laughs> I I- <laughs> Number one, not a babysitter named Carol. <laughs> okay, well, so I know nothing about those books. Christy's great idea to do smack. <laughs> 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 yeah, I yeah. think, uh, well, uh, let me imagine Babysitter's Club, mm-hmm. how I imagine them until we get there. Yeah, I, right. I, I'll let you do that. But I'm just saying she did not, as far as I'm concerned, the baby survived. She did not. Yeah, the book said the baby. She said, like, the baby thank was goodness baby was the fine. baby survived. I didn't hurt the baby. But it's, so, I'm that, just saying. That wasn't out of that wasn't out of her uh, acid trip. It's just that she was lucky enough not to have, like, seen it as, like, a demon and clawed it to death or something. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that has brought me to my uh, thematic drink of the night. Which <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to announce that uh, Josh decided to buy thematic drinks while we were podcasting. So, uh, Which I thought I was going to very easily be able to go into the Brown Derby and buy one called Runaway Beer. <laughs> but no, I was able to find Dragon and Yum Yums, a collaboration with the Flaming Lips, which is an absolute, uh-huh. like, trippy, uh, trippy beer uh-huh. that has uh, a dragon with something that looks like Chunky from, uh, <laughs> from uh, You Should Leave. Uh, riding it. He's got a little birthday cap on it. Uh, there's what are those things called? I can't see from back here. Some sort of vegetable. Yeah, an artichoke? An artichoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An <laughs> artichoke who has a unicorn uh, horn coming out of its head and he seems to be running over a rainbow. Normal stuff you want to see, I guess, if you're on an well, LSD trip. You want to see Chunky riding a you dragon. Do. You do. You do not want to see demons. Yeah. Thank you, Oklahoma City's own Flaming Lips. Yeah, thank you, and thank you, uh, Doghead. It's pretty good. Okay. It's okay. There's cool. also another thing blowing up. <laughs> thing. So, after that final acid trip, I mean... She, she dies. She's insti- no, she's institutionalized. Mm-hmm. She is. But mm-hmm. then she gets back out. She meets a young girl who is basically... Does not... Do you yeah, remember yeah, the young yeah. girl that mm-hmm. she meets who's like 12, 13? A BP. A yes. BP. What's a BP? Baby prostitute. Yep. 
a little asterisk at the bottom, and you go to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Baby, baby prostitute. <laughs> it's a status asterisk. That's a, oh, not, that's that's a not what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, she meets the a young girl who's a BP, and she's just like, oh, my life. I'm so privileged. Basically, she realizes her privilege, right? Because this girl was born and abused and neglected, and does not have an understanding family, and will never get better. She goes back home. Um, she has. Meets, she meets Joel Reams. I thought she met him before she was institutionalized. You're right. He. She did. She okay. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he kind of understood her. Her past, she, I guess. So she had been hanging out at the uh, college library where her dad worked, mm-hmm. and she met a college boy. She's 16. Whatever. They kind of. Uh, He's barely 18, like, and his dad, her dad loves this guy. Loves this guy. Mm-hmm. Takes him under his wing. Yep. Tries to give him a scholarship, brings mm-hmm. him home to dinner, like, really pushing this relationship. But he is really understanding and nice to her. Very understanding. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so then the big book kind of ends on a, I don't want to say, like, a hopeful note. It, it just kind of ends. It does. Yeah. Because she's like, my journal... This is it. My I came to the end of my journal. I don't need to keep. I don't one. want to write anymore. I'm not going to start another one. And then there's a um, afterward from I guess the compiler of this journal, Doctor Beatrice Sparks, and it tells us that she died three weeks later. Why we don't know. And she had just started school again. So mm-hmm. there is, I guess, the book implies there's mystery to if she started using again or if they drugged her to death or what. Well, we don't know what happens. We don't. Parents it, came home from a movie and found her dead. Yeah. Was it an accidental overdose? A premeditated overdose? No one knows. Dun, dun, dun. A it's mystery. Go ask Epilogue. Alice, too. Check it out. Yeah. Accidental? Premeditated? Or was it murder? I don't know. I just wonder if one of her friends stuck in, like, a Twizzler covered in acid. Right. I mean, yeah. there's a very I, good chance that they I mean, just... No, not even that. Just, like, actual, like... Uh, like any tool of uh, just arsenic, you know, like True. these are they're very mad that she's not hanging out with them anymore. But it said overdose, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Accidental yeah. or premeditated. No, yeah, no, no. But my thing is, like, is overdose. anyone addicted to acid? I mean, so she talks about being addicted to acid and addicted to she, weed. It seems like she's number one. I don't think like weed or acid are really things that you but, get. Ad- uh, I think it's the same thing where you can't be chemically addicted, but you're. Uh, Mentally addicted to something. Perhaps. I just can't imagine that with certain drugs. I can with, like, amphetamines. Obviously, you get right. physically addicted to that, and we know that she used those. But I just think it's weird that her her big gateway is acid. <laughs> like, that's just and, the funniest and weed. thing. And she loves Not even weed. alcohol. Yeah. And I think one of... She I think there's really a drinks. reference to how it's easier to get drugs, Ill, illegal drugs, than it is to drink. Because your right. parents will right. notice. Yeah. If, what? if if you drink anything out of their little fucking whiskey tumbler, what are those things called? The fancy My friend decanter. used to... Uh, yes, <laughs> if their decanter is one centimeter down, they will know. My friend had so. his parents, they just had vermouth. <laughs> and so he'd be like, let's drink vermouth. Oh, God. And we would all straight drink vermouth and he would just like pour water into it. It's the grossest experience of my life. Can I tell you the... Do you want to tell you about the first time I got drunk? I hope it's off straight from you. No, it's not. Um, I'll tell you, I was very dumb. And I <laughs> I didn't realize that people could smell alcohol on your breath, right? Like, I was in eighth grade, going into ninth. It was the last day of eighth grade. Bad girl. So my friend... The Sweet Valley High girls would never have never, done this. Never, never. My friend Beth came over to stay the night, and she was one of the cool kids. And I really... I was always like a nerdy, bookish kid. And I really wanted to just be cool and hang out. And so I wanted to impress her. And I knew that my sister had hidden booze underneath the sink in our kitchen that was left over from some party like a million years ago that someone had bought for her. So it was like gin and vodka that were just underneath this cabinet for God knows how long. But I knew they were there. So we had um, Sunny D in the fridge, and my friend and I took the booze and the Sunny D into my bedroom, and we were mixing it with the gin, and we got so drunk. Like, we were giggling. We were, like, listening to No Doubt and Bush and just having the time of our life. Gabby's got his shirt open on the cover uh, of that. 
that was hanging up on my wall. But he's, sure. he's coming through. It's like an acid trip. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> he's in your room. And she, uh, we ran out of Sunny Delight. And God forbid we drink this vile stuff straight. So I went out to the room and I was like, Mom, can we go to Price Cutter and get some more orange juice? My friend and I drank it all. And so me and my friend get in the car and we're both like in my mom's Toyota Tercel jamming to like Weezer. We go to Price Cutter. We buy more orange juice to mix our booze with. We come home and we go into my bedroom with, with the orange juice and our hidden booze. And my mom knocks on my door and says, can I talk to you out in the living room? And I go out there. My mom's like, um, I smell booze on your breath. <laughs> <laughs> and your sister told me that she had gin hidden under the cabinet. So Monica, number one, is a narc. Everyone gets in trouble here. Everyone gets in trouble. Uh, that booze was probably bought illegally from my sister. My mom probably knew about it, but didn't know uh, it was okay. still how old, something. How old was she at that point? My sister at that point was probably um, 19. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. But she was still at home because she hadn't started college yet. Gotcha. Okay. I thought um, she was like 17. I was like, Mom, they're drinking because she's mad at you for... No, my sister and I hated each other. Yeah. Yeah. So she narked on me and... This is um, getting a plea deal. No, I had to go... Going- my mom came in my room while my friend was in my bedroom, got the vodka and the gin, took it, made me pour it out. I was grounded for the first month of my summer. But what's cool is we got to go out and watch Powder in the living room while we were drunk with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, small victories. Yeah, thank you, Babs. <laughs> Just getting to watch uh, 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 Robert, uh, what's Patrick his name? Patrick Flannery. Flannery, like, shower yeah. as, and, uh, as an albino. Is... But that's the only, I, here's the thing, is, like, I don't remember powder, because I was drunk, drunk and yeah. sad. Yeah. Because I was grounded for my first book of summer. <laughs> and embarrassed in front of your cool and friend. And embarrassed in front of my cool friend, but yeah. my cool friend, like... Knew you were cool. Yeah. And knew she you was like, And then she told everyone that I was grounded for boozing. So I was like the <laughs> coolest girl suddenly going into like Here freshman. I come, ninth grade. <laughs> Watch out, high school. <laughs> so that was my gateway. But nothing really happened for years <laughs> after that. Because this is the real world. And you cannot get drugs that easily. So. These kids, they're just like swimming in drugs. How? This school. Like, they have drugs to just give away to their enemies. Give away to children for fun. This is the most give the first one away free thing that I've ever read. You know what I mean? Like, that never happens, obviously. No. I've never once been given any drug for free. I mean, your friends will, like, be like, never mind. Let's keep this off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I got that. If they're a good friend, they'll smoke you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but... Or if they're a good friend, they but, will get but, into their sister's stash of booze and share with you. Hey, Monica, just come drink with us. <laughs> we should have invited her in to our world of no doubt listening and gin drinking. And she'd be like, sunny delight. oh yeah, you want me to drink my gin with you? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. She was in the right. I would have narked you out too. She was the worst. I did I not narc my sister out when I found her with booze. Well, good for you. And I was, the, she was in ninth grade, 10th grade, and I was, uh, in college, yeah. I made her write an essay about Catcher in the Rye. I made her read it and write an essay about it. So you wouldn't tell on her. That was her yes. punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I made her do the same thing with Donnie Darko for some reason. I was a very dumb, like, 19-year-old boy. <laughs> well, anyway. But she was going to have a big party. Anyway. Uh... That's my story. But anyway, the thing is, is, like, my mom smelled it on me. She knew I had boo. She just didn't know where I'd gotten it. Yeah. But Monica. And you wouldn't have told. I'd have been like, under the sink. Hello? <laughs> What's there? Common knowledge, Mom. We all know where the gin sink is. <laughs> Obviously, my family didn't drink much, because who keeps their gin under the sink? Anyway. Okay, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, um, I don't. Emily, do you have? I don't. Um, a lot of girls from my age group love this book and still give it four and five stars on Goodreads. I appreciate it for the gateway that it gateway that it created <laughs> that it created for other YA literature. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. I, I guess that's my question. I, I would say I think it's uh, important is the wrong word. I think it's a good book to read. It is a classic of the genre and I would recommend it in that like capacity and I, I kind of like it. I don't think it's a bad book in the ways that some other Beatrice Sparks book I would say are uh, not good. 
Jessica is more down on this, just based on... I'm just not a fan of the writing. <laughs> like, obviously it's fake. <laughs> obviously it's not a teenager's voice. And I also just think it's not... I don't know. The establishment, man. Establishmentarians are coming at me. <laughs> like, yeah. all, every time she did that. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. It was. Fu- I guess it's funny. It's It's funny to read now. Well, a lot of successful YA literature isn't great writing. No, I mean, look I mean, at the Twilight true. and the Gossip Girl. Like, they're all entertaining and I, they all have I feel a like place. I'm just afraid people think this is real. I guess that's my big thing. It's still marketed as being by Anonymous and it's still marketed. You're right. I, same thing with The Million Little Pieces. Isn't that what that was called? That book? That now, creative yeah, 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 yeah. Is there any kind of disclaimer in front of it now? I, that's I like, haven't so. seen a new edition that they, they're probably... I still put in a memoir when I get it in. Like, I guess that's different because it's actually written by the author who did experience some things in that book. He just embellished ninety percent of it. The other thing is, I don't, I don't know how dangerous this is as a uh, an anonymous book. You know, I guess like, it's not because it's not anything that really makes drug use. I seem don't have a problem fun. with telling no, kids that, seem fun. that hey, kids, it's uh, actually not good if you start doing LSD and smoking weed and. Uh, oh yeah I, like it's like the pe coach and mean girls and you will die <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i i, I that's the point of every one of her books if you get into one of these things yes. you will die and which like sometimes you do sometimes you do sometimes like you do. uh i i think it it's a good message to give that that's where i prefer ellen hopkins same thing is you will die if you start doing these things to a fake person saying you will die if you start yeah. doing these things i just think that teenagers are smarter than we give them credit for yeah oh yeah and i feel like this is really preaching talk down to them i want to i want to say as your producer that i disagree that teens are dumber than we give them credit for you think there's you, you think they're smarter than we give them credit for they make good memes no i think they're dumber oh okay but they do except make when memes. it comes to memes they're genius oh, they're, they're better than us so and we, we, follow, they, we, we follow them for memes they still like this book though Still doing but well. But we liked still it too. We liked it too. So this is Did so we? this. I mean, as teens, it does. Still read this is still in print. People. It is still read by young people. Is this required? Because a lot of people act like this is required in high school, and this was not a I required didn't read book. It in high I don't think it's required in high school. You said it was in it. It's very likely required in some college YA lit classes okay. as okay. a bigger like study of the context of young adult literature, which is okay. fair. But I've never seen it like asked for by a high school teacher maybe some do maybe because it's a very readable thing in uh like there are those basic reading classes in high school where they read like a time to kill and like uh it's reading for pleasure essentially because you're trying to teach like very low like kids who don't like to kids read. who don't want to read yeah. yeah like you can read something and enjoy it and maybe they would read Is it this in there. enjoyable i enjoyed it okay it's got a 3.76 on goodreads that's crazy I give it three. I guess I gave it three. I gave it four the first time. Oh, I didn't rate it. I'm going to rate it right now. Ooh, live rating. (laughs) Oh, you (laughs) did. I'm going to give it two stars. What? I think, well, just just like rating it against Ellen Hopkins and the books that I grew up with, because this was a little bit before my time. Okay, I can see that. So two. Minus one star for being old. (laughs) That's what she thinks when she looks at us as well. Like, minus one star. (laughs) Greatest by stars. What am I? Am I a three-star person? I think it's about time to wrap this up. This is too much like a Black Mirror episode now, where it's just like, you can quality rate people. You subtract stars for it being a lie. (laughs) Uh, I would. I honestly gave it four stars the first time, thinking it was an actual diary. And thinking, oh, this is a very interesting thing that this kid wrote. Naive young Josh. I was so dumb in 2012. <laughs> so dumb in 23. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I would say check it out if if you want to. It's a quick read. I read it, it in like it two is. hours. It's so fast. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think all of these books will be pretty fast. If you find it in a library sale for 25 cents, Just pick, pick it, it up. up. Yeah. yeah, it's... It's quick and cheap. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I don't know. Maybe this episode was kind of rough. We're going to find our footing. <laughs> it's really rough. Uh, we'll figure it out as we go along. Thanks for your patience. Hey, we're just getting started. What 
what's what's up next though? Um, up next, we're gonna continue with our anonymous series with Jay's journal. Um, so that'll be our next episode. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Want to give a shout out to Blake for his yeah producer Blake awesome production skills and our theme song, which is much higher quality than our actual <laughs> podcast. That's want to put that out there. Listen to us for the song. Yeah. Also, really Blake has a podcast called Shelf, Shelf, Life. Shelf Life, a collector's <laughs> podcast. Thank you for remembering the yeah. title. Uh, oh, I honestly, Blake, you're not looking at me, but I turned and looked at the. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the poster on the wall. Been, he's been on. The I've podcast been on it like four times, times yeah. and he had to look at a poster for the podcast <laughs> to remember its title. <laughs> anyway, check it out. The ones with me, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just the Josh episode. Just the ones with me. Um, follow us on Instagram. We are at Are You There Pod. There's a lot of pretty pictures with fluffy white rugs mm-hmm. and books. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, we don't have a sign-off catchphrase. We don't so. have a sign-off. I don't want one. Time to invent one on the spot. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll work. Nailed it. Done. Think of a better one. <laughs> that was rough, and I want to re-record it. No, it was good. It was fine. Was oh, it? I thought we were going to do a, a different no. no. No, that's no, it. No, 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 no. Goodbye. The cans are off. <laughs> My right, ears are sweaty. Now it's just the me show. Hurting.